0: episode of WTAC Chats. I'm Riley Neal, joined alongside my co-host Mary Claire Anderson, and we have ourselves a very special guest today. It's head swimming and diving coach Sharon Loughran. Coach Loughran is also a coordinator and assistant boys soccer coach, Coach Loughran. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And I think the first thing we want to talk about now is you guys are obviously entering your 2020 season, your 2020-21 season coming off the state championship. So before we talk now what's going on with the team now, let's take a look back at last year coming off that state championship. What was it like to reach that end goal?
1: Well, it was very special, especially because of the dominating performance. But not only that, the way the kids carried themselves. We had something special that other teams don't have. It's a special bond of a team, a mystique that can't be replaced. And it was a focused high level, but very uh, humbling type of experience because of the way that everyone stuck together and pulled for each other to dominate the state in that fashion. We won every relay. The closest competitor was over 200 points away from us. So it was truly an exciting and to our season
0: and what's that like from a coach's perspective bringing home that trophy and winning it all
1: uh brings me so much joy to see their faces when they win Uh, because all the merits of their hard work Mm -hmm. you know as far as in results accumulates to that moment so that's what brings me the greatest joy
0: right and then mary claire from a swimmer's perspective what's it like for you to you know you put in all this work both in season and off season And then you finally, after months of preparation and hard work and constantly being in the pool, you finally get to bring home a trophy as well. What's that like from a swimmer's perspective?
2: Yeah, well, you know, Riley, our slogan last year was actually do what we do best, um, which I just think encompasses the team so well. And that's exactly what we did at State. We just went in there. We knew what to do. And we just really executed. And I was really proud of my entire team, you know. Obviously a state ring is just something everyone like dreams about in high school sports. So it was amazing to, you know, be able to do that alongside all of my teammates.
0: Yeah, and you guys have another chance at a state ring with this season coming up right now. How are the, uh, guys call yourself the catfish? How are the uh, catfish looking this season um, going into it?
1: Well, we um, we actually look amazing. Our, our girls team is actually quite quite a bit stronger, to be honest. Uh, We lost some great people, but we gained some great people. And um, as far as our swimming times, we've got some great people. We've got bigger hurdles to overcome, Mm -hmm. but we have some really strong people. Our boys team, we lost um, a large number of impact swimmers, but I love this group because I feel like our depth can propel this group, if they stick together, our boys' team can do some special things as well. We do have some good talents. I don't want to make it sound like we don't. We just did graduate a big, big chunk, but um, mm-hmm. our guys' team, um, uh, it looks very promising for them as well.
2: I completely agree, especially coming off two big wins against you know Mill Creek and Collins Hill. Those are both big schools, and we won pretty decisively on both boys' and girls' side. So I'm excited to see what this team can do.
0: Me as well, from an outside perspective, I think I'm also excited. And talking to you beforehand, I thought it was interesting how, obviously, you guys put a lot of hard work in the pool, but you also bring this mindfulness aspect to the team, and you say that that's been even probably more important for your boys and girls this season, And, and what is that like? How have you implemented that in your time here at Westminster?
1: well um we start off very small because it was new to everyone so just basically trying to reset from your school day to compartmentalize into your swimming practice to kind of let all that kind of go and what we started to see was that the young people the athletes were longing for it so they got longer and longer and longer and then as they become more proficient at calming themselves down bringing clarity to themselves those kinds of things we brought in an imagery aspect we're finding out that this year so far right now just having a reset from a stressful day has been most beneficial so far and um, things don't rattle them and that's why Um, I was especially impressed with our performance at State last year and what we've done so far. And it's a work of progress right now. It's not as fine tuned because it takes a while. Um, Is that there's not a lot of mistakes. It's, you see mistakes that you learn from and you move on, but it's not a lot of uh, lack of focus. And so the mindfulness really allows them to pinpoint their focus. But it also brings some other things to their life. You know, We like to bring some enjoyment, uh, keeping things in perspective, like controlling the things that you can control, expecting the expected so you're not so shook up, right. you know, being able to take a crowd and not even hear a word they're saying and stay focused on what you're doing. Take a bad call by the official and overcome it those things what I found that the mindfulness has really helped them with I've gotten a couple letters from some of them uh, some of the swimmers and they've mentioned how they felt like they were about to fall apart when they came to practice and that they normally would just go home uh, just because of the stress of their day or things have happened you know maybe things didn't go their way and to be able to come to that mindfulness and let that all go and then have a great practice and then also take that back to the fact that, okay, control what you can control with the bad test. Let's not let it rattle you that bad or other things like that. But. Um, so that's been especially satisfying that the feedback has been really good. Well, that's
0: interesting. And we talked about it before, but for the audience listening, can you actually describe what that mindfulness session is like before practice? Either one of you.
2: Well, I feel like usually we start out with just, you know, we're all laying on our backs on our towels. Um, and it's just a very like calm atmosphere where we just start off with some deep breathing, and then we'll usually do that for a little bit. I honestly, I lose track of time when I'm doing it, but, um, and then we'll just kind of go through this cycle of like making sure that you're focusing on in on each individual part of your body and kind of just like Coach Larkin said, it's acting as a hard reset before you get into the pool. So then we'll usually after all of that, finish it out with some stretching And it really does just, I mean, when I was a freshman on the team, I would have said, you know, oh, mindfulness, like, I don't think it's, you know, very beneficial. I don't see a point in it. But then I started doing it myself. And I was like, wow, like, this makes such a difference in how I feel just going into practice. And I feel like it helped my practice performance improve so much.
1: Well, I I think the next level that I think we were discussing earlier was about the imagery Um, and you know right now the reset is what's most important because of everything that's going on in the world and uh, everything that um, they have to deal with Um, but as we get into it and we've been adding gradually more and more is to visualize seeing yourself at your best like even the same smells when you go into Georgia Tech pool or you you know what it's like to walk into Georgia Tech pool and what you feel what you hear and it's you've rehearsed your race over and over and over again like you would like to do it when you get there and that's a really calming surreal feeling because i'm finding they do it when they rehearse it enough in their mind exactly how it's going to feel and what it's going to look like and um i they do it they just perform in that manner so Seeing themselves at their best is is pretty special.
0: And you even brought counselor uh, Sam Booth down to do some work with the kids as well, right?
1: Right, he has some, uh, I call him Coach Booth because when he's with us, he's a coach. Right. And uh, he's um, a sports psychologist also by training. And so he has brought some great ideas for us. So, sometimes it's kind of hard when you're trying to look at your environment. You know, like I look at him as a mindfulness mentor for me because um, he's going to give me the truths. And if it's not good enough, he's going to let me know. And, you know, sometimes people don't like to hear that, but I'm all over that. Like, I want that environment to be so special for them. And so he's been observing and And he's, I have a meeting actually with him today, and he's going to bring more um, ideas on how we can make our environment very special. And he did a session with the swimmers and divers on the nine mental skills of an elite athlete, and those can transfer over to elite leader, elite student, elite person in the workforce, so um, that was I got a lot of great feedback from them, so we're really excited about him.
0: Right, and that's your goal as a coach, right, too, is not only to make them excel in the pool, but also outside of that in the classroom and in other areas of their life,
1: right? I, I want them to have balance, mm-hmm. and, and I absolutely want all these lessons they learn uh, to transfer into their lives. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the culture that is developed really by them because your culture is the most important thing of any cult of any team, and leadership is the most important thing to that culture, and that leadership comes from our team captains.
0: All right. Mary-Claire, can you speak a little bit more to that culture and sort of what it's done for the team?
2: Yes, I completely agree with Coach Locken when she said it, you know, it kind of comes from the captains, and it just works its way down, and I feel like You know, from my time on the team as a freshman to a junior, I've already grown so much just, you know, looking at the seniors as kind of role models that I can, you know, live by and follow them and follow their um, example that they set out for me. So I feel like they just contribute so much to the overall like. Environment and culture of the team, and the culture really is—it's very special at Westminster. And it
1: is, and, and it's funny because each group of captains bring their own ethos. And I always tell them that I'm like, "That was last year's ethos. What do you, how do you see this year's ethos?" So this year we got Ashlyn Pillai and Zach Walpole as our guys' captains, and we've got um, diving captain is Emmy Payne, and then Amy Zal. Lucy Ide, Samantha Birchie, and Virginia Hatcher are our girls captains. And um, we have been working since July to have a meaningful season with COVID protocols and um, just what they want their ethos to look like for this season. And they have been amazing. They really have been amazing. Their hard work. And I don't know if the rest of the team knows, but they have really been putting it out there and coming up with great ideas on ways to keep us connected, which the biggest way to keep us connected is through sport. Mm-hmm, yeah. Our own sport keeps For us connected, sure. but you know, we're having a bonfire. Um, and of course we follow all the protocols. That's very important that we're, we're sticking to that because, um, that's part of our commitment, which is our slogan for this year that the captains came up with is commitment. Okay. And part of our commitment to each other and the team is to follow the protocols and, and that, to make sure we don't get each other sick. I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: for sure. No, that seriously is the most important part of this season, I feel like. But the captains and the coaches have done such a great job making sure it's still a meaningful season and still as you know normal as possible. Um, just throughout the entire season, like kind of making adaptations so that we're both safe and still having fun and still, you know, that culture, we're still all connected to one another.
0: And I'm curious what y'all's guidelines look like because I announced the volleyball games and they were on the court having to wear masks at all times. But for swimming, how does it work for you guys? How do you guys sort of stick to those protocols? Well,
1: we've had to practice them. Right. We practiced, I took a whole practice and we, we mocked a meet. Uh, where we practice the protocols and basically they wear their ma- they stay distance uh, When they're going up for relays, they know where they're supposed to go There's only two people behind the block they keep their mask on until they get in the water And so they right before they get in the water they put it in a baggie and then they when they swim in relays They just kind of scoot to the side and scoot out of the way and then the next people come up the very last person They all get their baggies and they swim to the other side to get out and then that way we don't have too many people behind the blocks things like that and then staging area is up in the stands and on the deck so we can make sure we're six to ten feet but the minute they swim they swim to the other side and when they get out they have to put their mask back on when they go to the restroom they have to wear their mask uh again that gets me into that uh that hard thing
0: (laughs) exactly i was about to mention you had this outlook on it like hard versus very hard right and
1: Well, yeah, basically what it is, is like the merits of doing things that are hard Mm -hmm. is what brings you growth. And so, for instance, even just being fit is hard, but being not fit is hard, too, and trying to compete. So choose your heart. You know, communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your heart. Mm -hmm. You know, with the mask. Wearing the mask is hard. And, uh... But not wearing the mask and the consequence is, is hard also. Choose your heart. The parents not being in the stands to support their children is hard. But watching it through you guys and not uh, bringing more people onto campus with the possibility of an outbreak so you guys can stay in school is hard also. So choose your heart. And I find that you know life is always gonna be hard. It's always going to be hard. Um, and the, the thing is, though, that you can always choose. And so you choose your hard wisely is what I'm finding. And if you choose it wisely, I think you'll find out that what we're doing right now is uh, being wise.
0: Right. So. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and I think now would be a... A cool time to maybe shift gears a little bit and look at your path towards Westminster because you spent a lot of time with the Walton Raiders and and were at Kell for about four years and then you returned to the Raiders so can you talk about your previous history before coming and joining the Wildcats?
1: Well um yes I can and you know it was um I was very young when I first started teaching and coaching and um, I'm very grateful to Walton because I was allowed to flourish and grow there Um, but my time there, uh, we were very successful. Um, but I think it's even as I have gotten older, I've been more successful in different ways. And then it enabled me to bring that here. And that just the concept alone, like I used to think that the team was my team and I coached that team and, you know, this is my team and this is how we did. And, you know, even though it was always Focused on fundamentals and basics and doing things the right way, Um, keeping things simple but not shortcuts, Uh, the value of hard work. Um, It's always been there, but my concept now is, is far more outreaching to these young people, and that is I'm in service to them to make sure that they learn the value of hard work. They learn that how to do the simple, you know, to simplify things. They learn that they're the leaders and how to lead in an effective manner and how to build a culture and how to develop an ethos. And so it's really their team. And then the captains are an extension of, then they eventually become the ones that are in service to the rest of the team to make sure that, it's a great thing.
0: It's really interesting. And I can imagine you probably see a, a lot of success, if not more success with that sort of coaching mindset that you bring to the team now.
1: Well, I, I think what it does, it does allow, um, I think it brings a safer environment where you can be you, where you can be content. And that's the idea. Now, there's gonna be times when I make decisions that people don't like, right. and um, I'm gonna listen. And make sure that in the end, um, it's a decision that I feel is in the very best interest of all. Mm -hmm. And also the program. That's why this program here has had so much mystique. And it wasn't broken when I got here. It was in great shape. Um, But one of the things that I've looked at is with here is that I call it tactical reserve. And that's how you take something that's really good and you make it better because it was so good you know they wanted to do some of the things the same way all the time and just because you've always done it doesn't mean it still brings value or you can't find something else to do to bring even more value and that's what's been really great about our leadership this year they have found every way to make it like even from our kickoff we usually have a midnight madness we couldn't have that so we did ropes and a zip line and uh cooking s'mores by the fire and the cornhole to have our kickoff for our season because right. we could be outside at summer camp and be spread out and follow all the protocols and um a very successful event mm-hmm. and it was meaningful but so that's uh some of the things that we've tried to do
0: yeah definitely and then um when you talk about decision-making, what was that decision like for you transitioning from Walton over to Westminster? I think it was in 2017 that you right. came.
1: Um, it was tough because I was set at Walton. I was totally happy there. The kids are very similar to here, uh, just really high-achieving and and polite and, and just really good people. And But when I saw the opening and I was fully vested, I was like, well, maybe I should take a look. And I had been mentoring coach for soccer and a coach for swimming to take my place uh, if I chose to leave. And uh, then I came here on an interview and I met the people, uh, Tim Downs, Kelly Day, yes. Tony Boyd, and, um, uh, you know, of course, in the, in the academic field, also Cindy Trask and... I just, and Keith Evans, they were just amazing people. And I just, um, and then I also met, you know, my assistant coach, Jan Allen, and I just like, this, this place is full of great people. And that's what really made me do it, was they were such great people. And um, so then I came here, and then um, I, I feel like that I had been treated and and uh, with just amazing. I could never complain about here. This is an amazing place to work.
0: And for you as a coach, how was it like, you know, taking over such an established program from the late and great Pete Higgins? How do you come in and how do you immediately take over the reins and continue that success?
1: Well, basically what I did was, is you don't replace him. Mm -hmm. He's a, he is an icon. He's arguably the very best high school coach in the whole country. So what I decided to do was look at what he did, research him as much as I could, and with very much respect, try to move into that concept of tactical reserve and just let the captains and the team decide what route we were gonna go with the value of things that we've always done. And how do we make it slightly better? And each year, there's been a different little thing that that team has brought, and that's that ethos.
2: And but obviously, it's been, yeah, it's been working really well. Three-time defending state champs. I mean, not much to complain about there, so. And that's true, and it, it's been driven though by the swimmers and divers, it, and that's what's
1: amazing. And, and then I would be remiss not to mention the coaching staff is really good and diverse, and we all have strengths and, and things that we bring, and we get along really well. And um, even the swimmers that aren't captains, they bring so much to the table too, because I always tell them, you don't have to have C by your name to be a leader. And that's Hugh Trotter, Will Baitland. Uh They do a great job uh, being team leaders, though they don't have the C by their name.
0: And coach, is there anybody else you'd like to give credit to while I got you here?
1: Well, of course, uh, Mary Claire here. <laughs> <laughs> is uh she's really one of our most premier swimmers and so we're real excited about her and her class uh gg johnson who is a two-time swimmer state swimmer of the year uh, as a freshman and sophomore now she's entering her junior year um you know we're excited about her annie jardina um state champion in the 53 and then um Sophie Anderson is a is a, also a very solid swimmer in that same class for us. Um, as far as the uh, divers, we got Caroline Blankenblecker and her sister Charlotte and Alexander Irwin. They've all qualified for state right now with Emmy Payne leading the way. Um, and then you know on our guys, we've got Miles Clayton, Salvin Shaw, Nick, VJ Vergaya, and then Copeland Block. Um, just to name a few.
0: <laughs> Just a few, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's that's why, I, you know, we're really, and then we freshman boys that came in are Alex Waugh, Andrew Sue and on the girls' side, I mean, Katie Christofferson and Sadie Clayton are already at the top of this, like, top ten in the state right wow. now, today. Well,
0: I mean, you talk about depth. I think, yes. I think <laughs> that is very evident of all the depth you guys have with swimming and diving, definitely. And Gigi Johnson, that's one name that stuck out to me because... We were talking earlier, especially me and Mr. Searle, and then you came in about how she might have a chance or maybe some other swimmers have a chance to break some, potentially break some Westminster records this season. Well, and
1: she has, uh, I think she's already, already. broken <laughs> three of Right. And so um, she does have an opportunity to break more. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some other people that want to have to say something about the freestyles, like Amy <laughs> and... Um, but the relays have a good sh- good shot. At, with the, the addition of the freshmen, we, and what, they have a good shot yeah. to break some school records. And then on the guys' side, um, we'll have to see, we'll have some drops. And so it'll be tough, because our guys' records, um, like the girls, are pretty tough. So we'll have to kind of see um, if we can put together, I think we can put together a relay or so to, to contend for
2: our, our school records.
0: And Mary Claire, we never talked about what you actually swim, what event you do, and, <laughs> um, and where you fall in that category. So you want to talk about that?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I swim a little bit of everything, but specifically um, breaststroke and IM, I'd say, are my main two, a little bit of backstroke here and there. But, yeah, just, I mean, I'm happy to swim wherever the team needs me. So, you know, it all comes down to just looking at, you know, oh, well, you know, the team we're swimming has a really good person here, so we're going to need to put more people into that event to, you know, balance that out. So it really just depends on the meet, I feel like. But A lot of the kids aren't as versatile as her, <laughs> which is what makes the world go round. We've got some
1: kids that are and some that aren't, but that's what makes her extremely valuable.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Claire, you've been swimming for how long now, your your whole life?
2: Um, I've been swimming competitively ever since I was around probably 9 or 10 years old. So... I did summer league and stuff before that but I really started to focus in on it around 9 or 10.
0: Definitely, definitely. Before we close out I want to highlight some upcoming big matchups for you guys that that fans, people listening to the podcast might want to tune into because obviously no one's still allowed to go and support the catfish but you can always now that we got the new camera in there tune in and support you guys virtually. So what are some big matchups coming up?
1: Right, like well our the biggest one I'd like to talk about is on uh, the 19th Okay. November 19th, that's our senior night. And uh, so you'll get to see Virginia, Samantha, Lucy, and Amy, mm-hmm. and um, Emmy, and Ashwin, and Zach, of course, uh, on display, but also in action, and um, along with you and Will. And um, so we're excited about that. Plus, we're swimming against North Winnett. That's another big 7A power. They're defending state champions in the boys division wow so uh and their girls team is fantastic too so it's going to be a great matchup and that's one of the things that um we did with the schedule because of covid was we really beefed it up against teams that are really strong um because this year it looks like the state meet is going to be a time final so they need to get a good seed time for the state and so we figured if we brought in these really high power teams We'd get pushed, and then we'd yeah. see where we are, but also give us a good seed at the state meet It's
0: definitely going to be challenging. I'm sure you saw a lot of north Gwinnett with your time at Walton too, right, since they're a seven a powerhouse
1: we I did, yeah. and uh they're always up there
0: <laughs> always yeah. up there right right right, yep. and then um for that state meet so you guys are going to swim all through November. And then all through December, is it January when the state meet comes? There's a later on? It's actually February. February. Um,
1: It looks like uh, the diving tentatively right now is set up for February 3rd, uh, starting at 1 o'clock. And then the uh, swimming will be a time final on February 4th, which is a Friday, and that will be a 10 o'clock start time.
0: All right. All right. Uh, Looking forward to it. Yeah, well, I, uh, I think this has been a really great podcast, a chance to get to know Coach Lockgren and have you. Mary Claire, a fellow swimmer on the podcast as well, has been really entertaining. I think this will be a very interesting listen. And with that, I think everyone should tune in November 19th for Senior Night. Recognize some of those swimming seniors and diving seniors. And then follow the catfish on their path to state.
1: We'd love that. Yeah. Yes, yes, thank for you sure. for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, I really appreciate it. you very coming
0: on. It. And I think that will just about do it here at WCAT Chats with so, Coach Loppern. Thank you so much for yes. joining us. Mary Claire Anderson, thank, thank you as you, well. Riley. I'm Riley O'Neill, your host. And go Cats.